Before we get into today's episode, I just want to highlight our podcast sponsor, Switch Research. Are you feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion towards yourself every day? Mental health is a journey, and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier, more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic or clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals and digital work courses. You can transform negative thoughts into self-love today using our code socialsoul 20 at switchresearch.org and that will get you 20% off your purchase. So I just wanted to do a quick coffee review for you guys. Um, I recently was sent a bunch of coffee from Purity Coffee, which if you're somebody with chronic illness, 100% you've probably heard of this brand and you're probably super curious about it in the way that I was. Um, So I reached out to them because I really wanted to try it and they sent me some to try. What I really, the reason I really wanted to try Purity Coffee is because it's completely organic, which is pretty difficult to find completely organic coffee. Um, there's some places, but it's just not the regular. And one other big reason why I wanted to try it is it's completely tested to be perfectly mold free, which coffee is known to be a moldy food. So like if you're very sensitive to mold, you're actually not supposed to drink coffee. I can't get rid of coffee. I love coffee too much. So like being able to have a coffee that's completely mold free, it just makes things so much easier. Just I feel so much better about it. Um, but I guess when I first tried Purity Coffee, literally my mind was blown because I remember like I made it and it, they have like Keurig cups. And so I brewed a Keurig cup, made it and I took a sip of it and I don't even know how to explain it perfectly, but like I was like, this is the cleanest fucking coffee I've ever drank in my life. It just had no weird like lingering taste of I don't know what the fuck is in my coffee like I don't know it's hard to explain but it just tasted fucking delicious and not to mention I've drank this coffee multiple times now by the time I'm doing this review and I've never gotten a stomach ache and coffee always gives me a stomach ache like I drink a coffee and I'm like okay cramps like stomach cramps instantly every time this has never given me a stomach ache Um, if I don't eat food with it, it gives me a little bit of jitters, but not like the jitters like normal coffee does. Like it's like a sustainable jitter, but obviously highly recommend eating food every time you drink coffee, even though I never do. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys that shout out. I think everybody should try it if they can. Um, you can just go to their website and try some purity coffee. Highly recommend. And I'm super thankful to them that I got to try it. Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Haley. And today's episode is going to be probably short and sweet, but I wanted to share some tips on how to deal with somebody who doesn't believe your chronic illness, aka somebody who invalidates the suffering that you are going through. Um, This 
topic idea was actually Haley's idea. So I will give her a shout out for that. I've obviously talked about it many times on social media before, but Haley was like, we should record a podcast episode on it. And I was like, shit, we probably should. Because I think I've shared some stories before, mm-hmm. but I haven't like talked specifically about this. Yeah. Well, and you posted a reel recently and just seeing the comments on the reel had me be like, there are definitely other people who are struggling with this. And I feel like this is something we can just sit down and talk about. Yeah. So if thinking back to like when I was first getting diagnosed and everything was happening, um, I obviously wasn't like connected with anybody else who was like suffering from illness yet I was just really like trying to make it on my own and Mm -hmm. trying to find other people who knew what was happening but I didn't know anybody at the time and I remember like when I wasn't being believed by doctors and friends and relatives and everything I was like this is really weird like you know you don't expect somebody to just immediately you know not believe you when you go through something like that and um I remember like I just remember like when I first started talking to other people who were going through it and like connecting with others online and finding other people suffering from chronic illness, mainly Lyme disease. um, Everybody had the same story of not being believed. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's wrong with people like this is so wild. Well, and there's so many people out there who invalidate chronic Lyme and say that it's not real too. Yeah. So it's, you're combating like all of that while navigating your chronic illness and trying to figure out the correct diagnoses for yourself and trying to figure out the correct treatment all while trying to kind of find the support in the community while you're doing it. Yeah. And, you know, again, like I've mentioned before and it just seems so wild to me that, you know, like there's people out there who get diagnosed with all sorts of things. Um, cancer being one of them. Cancer is technically a chronic illness, Mm -hmm. but cancer is very believed and very understood and very validated. And so it's weird to me that there's certain chronic illnesses that people are like, oh yeah, like we understand this or we don't like understand it because we're not living it, but like we validate your yeah. suffering that you're going through. Yeah. Like I think about something like lupus even yeah. or um, Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. things like that. Diabetes. That pe- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That people know are very real and they understand the suffering behind it. <laughs> There's a war zone upstairs while we're recording. <laughs> Waffles is going mayhem up there. <laughs> yeah. But it is just so interesting that people latch on to this idea of like, no, like she has chronic Lyme. This isn't a real thing. She got, yeah, I just it's so crazy. Yeah. So I guess we'll start first um, with a little bit of background for those who might not have chronic illness and are listening to this and are trying to understand chronic illness or understand Lyme disease specifically, because that's the one I talk about the most. Um, but you can th- give a big fuck you to the CDC. <laughs> I was going to say no offense to them, but yes, 100 percent. I hope I'm offending them. Um, but basically... The thing with Lyme disease specifically is you get bit by a bug. They say a tick, but it's all bugs these days. You get bit by a bug. You can technically go to the doctor's office and say, hey, I got bit by something. Can you treat me with two weeks of antibiotics to kill off whatever might have just got transmitted to me? And hopefully that works. And hopefully you're in the clear. They call that Lyme disease. But like if it doesn't work, 
and you end up with chronic Lyme disease, maybe you didn't know you got bit, so you didn't even do the two weeks of antibiotics, aka like me and many others, um, and then you have these chronic symptoms that are you literally you get a test that says you have what's called tick-borne illness, and they're like, well, that's not a real thing. That's yeah. what the CDC tells doctors. That's what the medical system is taught to believe is that Lyme disease is cured by two weeks of antibiotics when you get bit and then you should have no other issues in life which is such bullshit so I think going from that forward in what I'm trying to say is not a lot of doctors are going to believe you if you're somebody that's dealing with those symptoms and you're somebody that's trying to find a diagnosis or trying to figure out what's going on with you um, me personally I started with just a normal MD a normal doctor didn't think I needed to find a special doctor to be able to help me in this. Um, and I was definitely like, you know, told that it was a lot of different things that it was just anxiety, you know, like mainly that's the big one you get is that you are faking it is basically what they tell you. Yeah. Um, the anxiety is manifesting in your body, which don't get me wrong. A hundred percent. There is a mental and emotional side to any chronic illness mm -hmm. like if you physically feel like shit you're gonna emotionally and mentally also feel like shit yeah so like what they're saying isn't completely wrong but it's also like they don't want to find the root cause they're like oh well you now have anxiety because of what's going on so let's just treat your anxiety let's mm -hmm. not dig deeper and actually find out why you feel the way that you do which is now triggering your anxiety Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crazy. Well, and that's something that a therapist would do. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, what is underlying that's causing you to feel yeah. anxious? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my number one tip when it comes to doctors is if you're seeing a doctor that you're not comfortable with, that you don't feel like they understand your suffering really and actually like give a shit about you, then leave. Like you are the one that's hiring the doctor. And this is something that I had to learn because when I walk into a doctor's office, I feel like they control me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the vibe everyone gets in the doctor's office. The doctor has full control. Mm -hmm. You just listen. You sit quietly and listen and then you leave. But it's like, no, you're the one that's actually paying that doctor. Yeah. You don't have to continue seeing that doctor if they're a piece of shit. Yeah. So that is is something that I want everybody to remember. I got into a habit of where like I would go have one session with some specialist, some something. And if they didn't treat me the way that I felt I needed to be treated, I didn't go back. Mm -hmm. There was a big, there was a cardiologist in my area that said some mean shit about me outside my exam door. Yes. And I, wanna... I never went back. He's lucky I didn't punch him in the face on the way out. To be I remember honest. you telling me about this and calling me afterwards and you could literally hear the doctor laughing in the hallway to another nurse because of the test that you asked him to yeah. give you. Yeah. So a little bit of background on that story is I got sent to a cardiologist by my Lyme doctor at the time because I was having a lot of heart palpitations and fainting and a lot of things that could be obviously issues with your heart went to a cardiologist and I asked for a test for POTS, um, which is a syndrome that a lot of people end up getting when you have Lyme disease. And the nurse 
like left the room and was like, I'll ask the doctor if we can do that test for you. And I hear her ask the doctor outside of the exam door and the doctor started laughing and then was like, oh, everybody has pots and Lyme disease these days, don't they? And then they all started laughing. Isn't that so fucked up? Like it's a tick-borne illness transferred by bugs. Do you know how many bug bites I got as a kid? Mm -hmm. How many fucking times I got bitten by bugs and they're out here pretending that this isn't a real thing? Yeah. So obviously it's, it's hard to have to, you know, tell a medical professional to fuck off. You don't need to be that blatant about it, but like just do what I did. And just know that that's not the way you deserve to be treated and don't go back. Go to somebody else. You know, like yeah. there is ways out of it. You don't need to feel stuck with yeah. any medical professional. Yeah. And you don't have to spend your money there. Like that is the last place that you yeah. want to spend money is where they don't give a shit about you getting better or even talking to you about things or giving you the tests that you ask for. Like, what the fuck? Like yeah. you said, you're the one paying them. You don't want to pay for that doctor's vacation home. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> um, okay. So the next thing to probably discuss is maybe like relatives that you have that don't believe you. Um, personal experience. I never had relatives really say anything cruel to me. Um, really but I did have them just blatantly ignore the fact that I was sick. A lot of them still do. Um, I haven't forgiven them. I just keep my distance from them. I limit my exposure to them because I get angry when I'm around them now. Um, honestly, I should probably just have a conversation with them about it, but it's hard because it's family and it's like, If the conversation goes wrong, you're still stuck together. Well, and at times too, you know that, I mean, I know that some of my family, the way that they are is just the way that they are. And at this point, there's no changing them. So it's almost like protecting your energy and your peace instead of putting all of your energy into trying to convince them to care about something that they should have fucking cared about. Like, thanks, grandpa. Mm hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, you can't you can't change the ways of your grandparents sometimes, or even your aunts and uncles. Like they are set in their ways, and they will think about things the way that they think about things. Um, and yeah, since you can't get rid of them, distance yourself if you have to. I didn't go to my family's Christmas two years in a row because I just didn't want to hang out with a bunch of family members that didn't even acknowledge the suffering I have been going through. Yeah, like, how are you doing? Yeah. How is your health? Like, what treatments have you been doing? There's so much that you could do to talk about and, like, validate somebody's experience. And I will say, I know it can feel challenging to confront that. Like, I I remember when your dad got diagnosed with cancer, and you had told me, and then I saw your dad, and I was like, I don't even know what the fuck to say. And... So I know that it can be really challenging to figure out what to say, but I don't think that that means that you need to ignore what's going on. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be an extensive conversation. If you do have somebody, you know, that's like struggling with something, whether that's chronic illness or anything else in life, because there's a lot more struggles in life than just chronic illness these days. But like it can just be a simple like, hey, I heard that you're going through some shit and I just want you to know I'm here for you. Like literally. That's all you have to say Mm -hmm. for them to just be like, oh, my God, like they see 
what's happening. And if I need something, then I can reach out to them. Yeah. And that's like, you're not like overstepping. You're not, you're not like, I don't know. It's just, that's a good first way. I think if you're somebody that wants to help somebody, I think that's a good first line to start with because you're saying that you're there, but you're not like, I don't know. You're not taking control of the situation. You're just being there for them, which is important. Yeah. I think Um, that's helpful. Yeah. But yeah. So basically distance yourself if you have to from relatives. Um, That's what I do. And it's been working fairly well lately. I will say (laughs) I feel very at peace with it. It sucks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish that my family would say something to me. Yeah. Um, And maybe they will one day. They also all have their own shit that I'm sure they're going through that I also remind myself of. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you never know what demons they're battling behind closed doors that they might not be talking about. Mm -hmm. So I always think of that, too. But now, did you ever come out and talk about it with your family or like had your mom mentioned what was going on? That's a great question. So here's what happened. My mom tells everybody everything. So like she, uh, she told everybody. I felt uncomfortable that I hadn't said anything. And then it was my mom, even though she's kind of the person in the family that just relays. She's like the messenger of the family. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't normally like call your everybody in your family and say, hey, I got sick. It's like, (laughs) I'll talk to my dad and tell him I'm sick and then he'll. Yeah. Yeah. So like I knew everybody knew, but they hadn't heard it from me. Besides the ones who follow me on social media, they saw and heard everything and still didn't say anything. But um, I actually wrote an email and sent it to my all of my family members saying like, hey, if I've seemed distant lately, you know, because I hadn't gone to family functions and mm-hmm. stuff like this is what I've been going through. I just wanted you guys to be aware, blah, blah, blah. I, I should really find that email because I don't remember like anything else I said in it. Um, I was so nervous to send it and I sent it and I'm pretty sure only one person replied and it was my aunt and she's still to this day, like the only person in my family that asks me how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, bless her heart. She's been amazing. But I just remember being like, damn, like, I know you guys check your email. This is where my mom tells you shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I thought that this would be the good way to say this shit. Even like a simple reply, like, thanks, sweetie. I hope you're getting through this or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I will say also, I had a person. So when I first got sick, I was working in the construction industry and there was a person I worked with in the construction industry. Um, I worked on a project of theirs and got really close with the person was like friends with that person. Um, and then I got sick. They noticed that I like, wasn't really like in communication anymore as far as like with construction stuff. Um, and they, I think messaged me on Facebook and like, was like, Oh, Hey, like I haven't seen you in a while. Like what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And, oh no, it was, it was over my work email. It wasn't on Facebook. They emailed me at work and I replied and I let her know everything that was happening and she never replied. And that was like one of my first instances of like 
telling somebody who I'm not super close with Mm -hmm. what was happening. And it was just a full on an ignore. And what I think is so funny about this, not funny, what I think is so fucked up about this, I never emailed them again because I was like, all right, cool. Like you clearly don't care. Um, not that they're required to care, but still, I thought Lisa- she's the one that reached out to you, or <laughs> yeah. I say she, I don't know if it's a she or a he, they reached out to you. So, um, recently I got a job promotion and I posted about it on Facebook, jumping to now in my life. Um, and they commented on it and said, congratulations. Like you were so great working on my project, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, okay. This shows me one thing in my mind instantly. You only care about people's successes. You do not give a shit about people's suffering. You only know how to say congratulations. Like there are people like that in the world. There's a lot of people like that in the world Mm -hmm. that will congratulate you for every academic, job, career, baby, marriage, anything Mm -hmm. that's positive they will say congratulations. But as soon as you're suffering, it's like they don't even know what to do. They just can't handle it. Um, Yeah. So that was really awkward. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Really awkward. But that also, I think, brings me into the whole friend situation Mm -hmm. because that was a friend, obviously, at the time. Also a somewhat co-worker, but very much a friend that just ignored it. Um, And... I just, you know, I cut the cord right there. I was just like, I'm just not going to reply. I'm just not going to deal with you. You know, if you're not going to respect me, I'm not going to put in the energy to try to like make this happen because in reality, I'm probably never going to see you again in my life anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, when it comes to like friends, close friends, obviously that can hit a lot harder and do a lot more damage to you. Yeah. Um, I've told the story of, me and my situation with my friend, I think, but I'll give you guys a quick rundown again of it if you're not sure. But like I had a really good friend. Haley knows this whole story. <laughs> Haley cringes every time she has to hear it again because of how fucking horrible it is. I just wish I was more confrontational so I could say something. <laughs> I wish I was more confrontational too. Haley and I are not confrontational people. So <laughs> most of the time we think about what we should have done yeah. later in life. <laughs> But I had a really close friend that I had worked with for many years. Um, I honestly considered her one of my best friends at the time. And I got sick and she full on just started ignoring me, like not replying to text messages, not ever like asking to hang out. I would ask her to hang out. She would most time not reply or she would like just say some excuse as to why she couldn't hang out. Um, to make it even worse, my boyfriend at the time was friends with her husband, close friends with her husband. And my boyfriend at the time told me that her husband had been texting him asking what was going on with me. And I was like, well, why can't they ask me what's going on with me? That's something that really pisses me off Mm -hmm. when I'm the one dealing with something. Why would you ask a third party, what's happening when you could just ask me and I could tell you because I'm the one living it. Mm-hmm. That's a pet peeve of mine. But to make matters worse, he, I was like, okay, so like, what else are you guys saying? He was like, well, I told him what's going on. And I was like, okay, well, what do you say? And he said, peace telling me that I should leave you. And I was like, excuse me, what? 
And he's like, he's telling me that you're probably faking it for attention and that I should probably leave now while I can. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? These are people I thought were my friend. How can somebody make that judgment? So (laughs) this is what I learned from their conversation. This husband, his ex girlfriend I don't know if it's his ex-wife I don't know if they're ever married but his ex apparently she did the same thing got sick (laughs) (laughs) apparently you're not allowed to get sick in this guy's life whether she was really suffering or what I don't know because I don't know that situation but he told my boyfriend no, my ex did this to me too. She was faking it. What so like, are you doing you need to leave? This makes me so mad because I'm like, what are you doing to him? What harm are you fucking doing Nothing. to your relationship besides trying to heal yourself mm-hmm. and going? Yeah, like may- maybe maybe the concern is she's going to go into a bunch of debt <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And it's like, so I'm going into debt. Because I'm faking a fucking Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. You know. Why would I choose to be poor? Nobody chooses to be poor out here. For real. This is so stupid. (laughs) This whole idea of faking your chronic illness is like the dumbest thing ever. It it just makes me so mad. Yeah. Um, So I confronted. Well, I think I, after that, tried to reach out to my friend, his wife, multiple times and was like, hey, I need to talk to you. Like, I'm hearing things. I want to talk to you about it. See why you guys are feeling this way about me, blah, blah, blah. She, after multiple, multiple attempts, um, she finally responded and was like, I'm sorry, but like, I just can't be your friend because we, I just don't know how I would even support you through something like this. I'm like, support me through being ill, through something that I didn't even fucking choose. Like, what? Like, it was just the weirdest situation. She didn't even try to support you. Yeah, she didn't try it. But you know her, he was in her ear. 100%. She is faking this for attention. 100%. So then I was pissed, obviously. So I I think I didn't even have the husband's phone number. I messaged him on Facebook (laughs) And I was like, hey, motherfucker. I didn't say that. I wanted to. But I was like, hey, this is the shit I'm being told. I want to hear it from you. Like, why do you have this hatred towards me? Why are you telling people I'm out here faking an illness? I I told him, I was like, I have fucking test results to prove it. If you want me to screenshot those and send them to you, I fucking will. And he instantly replied, calling me all of these vulgar fucking names. The meanest things anybody's ever said to me was literally all he replied with. And I was, I remember I was in, I was on vacation in Eastern Washington with my boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. at my grandpa's house when this all went down. And I, I feel like I'm getting the feelings again. Like I was in the guest bedroom and I literally was like shaking. I wasn't sad. I was pissed because I'm just like, how the fuck? did I let somebody into my life that treats people like this? Mm -hmm. Like I knew instantly right there that I was dodging a huge red flag that I had for somehow not seen with these people. But I was pissed because I'm like, how did they, 
how did they treat me like a friend for so many years? And then this is what happens. Yeah. It's like fair weather friends. Yeah. So I told him to fuck off, told him he was a piece of shit, told him all the mean things back that I possibly could because I was so mad in the moment. I do regret some of the things I said, but he said it to me too. So it's like, whatever. And then I texted his wife and basically told his wife to fuck off too. And then I never want to be part of their lives again. Um, and then I never heard from them until again. Wait, didn't their that was do- dog's Instagram page page message you? <laughs> Cause you, she had blocked these people, oh, yeah. but not their dog's Instagram page. Yeah. And then I'm the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So I blocked them on all social media, social media. I forgot that they had a dog Instagram page. So then the dog started watching all of my Instagram stories. And I was like, wow, this, this dog is a huge fan all of a sudden. Um, and then I posted something about Crohn's disease. Like I reposted something in my Instagram story about Crohn's disease and how Crohn's disease is a, uh, is a invisible illness. And the dog messaged me in reply to my Instagram story saying Crohn's isn't an invisible illness. Stop putting out false information. And so you know what I did immediately after that message? I messaged all of the people with Crohn's disease that I had connected with over social media. And I was like, hey, do you consider Crohn's disease an invisible illness? Every single one said 100% yes. It's an inside illness that you can't fucking see. Yeah. That's what a fucking invisible illness is. And I screenshotted all of those and I sent it in a reply and I said, fuck you. And then I blocked them. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. And I something I do think probably plays into this is social media and the way that you were sharing on social media, what you were sharing on social media, because I mean, I think about it and I think sometimes social can create this like rift between friends because it's like you're looking at somebody and you're judging maybe what they post or how they post. And then you're forming your ideas and your opinions based on this. So honestly, I bet you your social media was a huge driver for these people to attack you because you were using it as a place to advocate and to share. And I bet you there are people listening to this episode who have started to share things on social media and they're realizing that their friends don't agree with it or don't support it or think that they're faking and it's like fuck you so one thing though that I did piece together like years and years later is that the I heard from like mutual friends that that couple in particular was having a lot of issues um with substance abuse and other things um and you know I would never wish harm on them yeah they fucked me over and called me a lot of things that were fucking horrible but I would never wish harm on them Mm -hmm. and so as soon as I heard that like of course the empath and me I'm like oh fuck like I mean struggling with something and then that like I always say like hurt people hurt people right so like I feel like they had personal issues that they were probably projecting on me at the time because they were dealing with something that they weren't talking about they weren't brave enough to share about it they weren't brave enough to ask for help in the way that I was Mm -hmm. and I think that that's why I was rubbing them the wrong way so hard Mm -hmm. you know and so I think back to that now and I'm like okay 
like don't get me wrong it was still fucked up the way they treated me but I do have this soft spot in the fact that I'm like I I hope that you guys figure it out whatever was happening Mm -hmm. and I hope that you guys are in a good place now and I hope that you never treat anybody else like that ever again yeah it would be hard because part of me would be waiting for an apology like do you feel like any part of you does no I think for a little time I did like immediately afterwards Mm -hmm. um but now no I don't I think if I was gonna get it I would have got it by now yeah it's been I don't know almost four years yeah (laughs) you know something else that probably plays into this too is I know from this story this guy his ex had a similar situation but I can also think about a former coworker of yours who they had some family member who posted about their illness on social media and they thought was oh, like yeah. so drama filled. And so I think that it's important to bring up that maybe the projection side of things where maybe people have a certain experience with something like this. And so they're set in their ideas Mm -hmm. about it and they can't see, can't see outside of it, I guess. And then they just put all of that onto you. The other person that they see sharing about their health struggles online is looking for attention. 100%. And I think a lot of people are in, are set in the ways of like, you don't talk about your issues publicly. You Mm -hmm. don't tell people what you're struggling with. You just struggle with it figure it out and move on like you don't ask for help like I feel like that's the very old school way of thinking Mm -hmm. um, before social media now we have a million ways to ask for help and to like share our story that like our ancestors didn't have Mm -hmm. you know like of course connection of course if you lived in a neighborhood and like you're just like going around knocking on doors telling everybody you have Lyme disease I feel like yeah that could come off the wrong way people are like "Uh, okay like leave me alone did I really need to know this Whereas like social media, I feel like is a completely different game. I'm technically doing the same thing. I'm showing up saying, hey, I have Lyme disease. Here's what I'm going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like there's also the fact that's like you don't have to watch it on social media. You're choosing to continue watching my Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. You're choosing to continue to follow me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm rubbing you the wrong way, that's not my fault. That's your fault at that point. You can unfollow whoever you want to unfollow. You can block me if you want to. You can mute me. There's ways to get the shit that you don't want to see off of your social media feeds. And so it's like, I'm posting this to my personal page. I'm standing at my front door saying this and you're choosing to stand in my driveway and listen Mm -hmm. to me. That's a good analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I'll say as somebody who watched this whole thing like and was there kind of while all of this unfolded I looked at your social media as a way to understand what you were going through and as a way to kind of stay up to date on what you were struggling with and your symptoms and your diagnoses and what that meant for you and what that looked like for you and I just think that there's different mentalities that people maybe have and I don't know if I was just like extra understanding and sympathetic (laughs) because I am your best friend but I don't know 
I mean, I just think I had a different perspective on it. And I think the moral of it is, is like you can't make everybody happy. Not everybody in the world is going to like you. Not everyone's going to believe you. That's just what the world is. And so like if you have a friend that's treating you like shit, you don't have to have that friend. Yeah, it hurts. Don't get me wrong. It fucking sucks to lose a friend. Sucks to lose anybody in your life that you once cared for and you thought cared about you. But like it's going to do more of a disservice to yourself if you continue to try to maintain a relationship that that other person's not caring about. Yeah. Well, it's like at that point they've shown their true colors. Like there's no need to fight for our relationship when you you know that they're not going to be there to listen when you're going through a hard time. Yeah. And that goes for significant others too. You know, like... Maybe you're in a relationship with somebody and they, you get sick and they start to treat you poorly. Like maybe that just dodged a huge, horrible future for you. If you would have married that person, had kids with that person and like been stuck with that person in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And then you got sick. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's brighter ways to look at it all. Yeah. It obviously sucks. It's not an easy thing to go through, but there are different things that you can do yeah um I did put an Instagram story poll up asking for other community chronic illness community members to give me their tips on how to deal with somebody who doesn't believe you um and so I'm going to read some of those really quick they're pretty funny actually (laughs) okay so I'll start out with this one um it's about doctors this person said If it's a doctor, move on to the next or take a break from seeking treatment. And I like that they said take a break from seeking treatment because if you're continuously going to doctors and you're continuously finding doctors that aren't believing you, that can be like a lot mentally and emotionally to deal with. So like you can take a step back for a few weeks, you know, for a month. Like don't go to the doctor's office, (laughs) regroup yourself, like build up your confidence again to be able to walk into that next doctor's office and be like, hey, this is what's fucking happening and I'm not taking no for an answer. Wait, I have a question for this. Do you, did you ever do like any affirmations or anything? Because I could imagine affirmations would be really beneficial, maybe headed into a doctor's appointment where you're experiencing something like this. Um, I did. I honestly don't remember like word for word exactly what it was and I'm trying to think of it when I was really really sick so obviously a lot worse off than I am right now um before I would like go into anything medical um I would 100% like sit in my car and be like this is real like your suffering is real like because I know how many times I've walked into a doctor's office and I've let a doctor convince me differently in my head because they're the medical professional right mm-hmm. I'm just the patient but no like that's, that's not what you should fucking do you're the one that's actually feeling the pain walking like, into stick with that yeah like walking into the doctor's office doesn't cure every single thing that you're experiencing outside yeah. of the doctor's office yeah 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 so that that would 100% be something that you could try just giving yourself some little pep talk in the car being like what you're experiencing is real. Don't yeah. let them convince you otherwise because yeah, you may walk in there and they're going to convince you of that and you're going to feel okay for a second and then you're going to leave the doctor's office without any mm-hmm. progress. 
Yeah. And maybe even like listening to a podcast or reading a couple pages of a book. So you know that you're not alone in this too could probably help get you in the right mindset. 100% connecting with other people who have chronic illness, the chronic illness that you specifically have is one of the most helpful things you can do because you get to hear other people's stories in their very eerily similar to yours. And so it just gives you that like boost, like, holy shit, I am not the only one that's suffering like this. This mm-hmm. is actually fucking happening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So another one, this girl said, cut cords with them and their toxic energy. Don't drain your energy seeking acceptance. I like the way that she said that because when you're chronically ill, you only have so much energy. And if you're spending all of that energy on trying to maintain a relationship with somebody who's toxic and somebody who's not treating you right, that's not going to help you at yeah. all. That's just going to hurt you. It's going to make you more sick. Um, in this case, this is my friend, Trisha, and I love her. She posted, some people don't want to understand and can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Thank you, Trisha. Appreciate that. Um, she also followed that up with, I used to try and think of all the ways I can describe it to them. And then I just realized they don't understand, which that's all you can do sometimes. Some people just won't understand. Yeah. And some people just aren't open to it. Mm-hmm. They don't, maybe they don't have the space to hold for you. And so they're running the other direction. Um, this girl said you can try to educate them by using visuals, movies, clips, TikToks. Um, she also said you can throat punch them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recommend that, but it was funny. So I appreciated it. But yeah, that's something I have done is I would say TikToks are probably the best way. Um, the chronic illness community is really trying to show up on TikTok right now for this reason, because TikToks are really easy to send to somebody and it's only 15 ish seconds that they have to watch it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are like, Hey, you should sit down and watch this whole entire two hour documentary on my illness. People are going to be like, I don't want to do that. Like that's a lot. Yeah. But if watching a 15 second TikTok that raises awareness about something that you relate to is very easy. Well, for a friend or a loved one to do. Absolutely. And what's cool, too, about TikTok is anything like that can pop up on the For You page. Mm -hmm. Like people send you TikToks about bee venom therapy Mm -hmm. that pops up on the For You page. And that is it's bringing awareness to chronic illness and other things. So, yeah, I think the, the, the discoverability of TikTok is like huge. And then this girl, her name's Jessica. She said... Don't get absorbed into the suckiness of that energy. It's a black hole. And then she said, slap them in the face with your heating pad and call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. As you can see, everybody that left a comment on that Instagram story was very much like, here's a tip on how to be gracious about it. But then here is also a tip on how to just give them a big fuck you. Because there are going to be people who you're not going to be able to get through to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's... I hope that was helpful to you guys listening. Obviously, it was a little bit just my personal experiences and kind of how I dealt with it. I don't think I dealt with it with like any sort of, I don't know. I could have done it a lot better, but in the time, shit happens and you're sick and you get pissed off by everything that's happening. So like if you're not perfectly handling every situation, like give yourself grace, you're going through a fucking lot right now and nobody handles everything perfectly and 
an apology goes a long way. Both parties. Well, and you don't have to be nice to people who aren't really nice to you. Exactly. So fuck them. So hit them (laughs) in the face. Punch them in the throat. Hit them in the face with your heating pad. (laughs) Oh, man. But thank you to everybody who left um, a tip on the Instagram story poll. Very appreciated. I love when you guys give your comments so that I can give you shout outs in these episodes. Makes it a little bit more inclusive and makes it more fun for everybody to listen to and hear you hear me shout you out. So thank you. And then as always, if you guys have any other tips, feel free to DM us or comment on our IGTV for the episode. Yeah. We just want to support you guys as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll, we'll catch you. you next time. See you next time.